three, two, one. Best advice I can give you, start drinking heavily. You're listening to the Four Takes and Fuel podcast with Alex, Ethan, Chance, and Colton. Welcome back to another episode of Four Takes and Fuel, guys. My name's Alex. Ethan. Chance. Austin. And uh, our fuel is back. Austin is back. Uh, Colton is headed out to one of his archery shoots. So uh, our fuel was uh, was was kind enough to join us again after an eight-month hiatus. Uh, but we have uh, Jamie Knopf come and sit down with us, and uh, it's, it, it's a good one. We, we hope you guys enjoy it. But before we get into the whole episode, here's a word from one of our sponsors. Are you looking for a high-quality, more affordable clothing brand for you and your race team? Look no further than Sublimited. That's S-U-B-L-M-T-D. As they offer crew shirts, hoodies, racing jackets, leather and fabric, full body racing suits, and much more. Fully customizable cart suits start at $4.99, as well as fully customizable SFI 5 racing suits start at only $9.99. For more information, contact Laura Pender at 601-934-4073, where you can find them online at sublimatedapparel.com or on Facebook. When you reach out, be sure to let them know that we at Four Takes and Fuel sent you. So, um, our fuel, my brother, Austin, if you guys have been listening from the beginning or or have gone and listened to old episodes, you know, episode five, yeah, you know, that we have had, you know, we've, we've taken the, the, the fuel part of the, the name for takes and fuel and, and handed it to Austin and he's been our fuel and he has finally made it back after shoot. uh, I want to say 30 episode hiatus. Oh, I think his last episode he had with us was when you were on your bachelor or not your bachelor trip when you were on your honeymoon. And Austin and I or Austin made a better gravy in your pot. And you got mad. You never cooked in. And you ain't even cooked in it. He he had never cooked in it. Ethan was like, Man, when do we start? And I was like, Well, it's just you and I. I guess it really doesn't matter. But yeah, the 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 tank's been a little empty for a while and because we've been running on fumes since the fucking five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We've had no fuel. The, the plan was to come back a little bit while ago and then uh, got tied up in a new job and everything. So, but finally able to make it back. Glad to be here, boys. Yep. Good to have you. Good, good to have you. So, uh, our topic we're going to talk today before we uh, get into the interview. Uh, uh, one second. I hope you guys enjoyed our new intro. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Let us know what you thought about the intro. We kind of built that piece that together and thought it was a cool little thing. We've been it's, trying. It's, it's at bare bones right now. It will be. It will be perfected soon, but it's going to get kind of like spice. what we got. Yeah, kind of. It's we've been wanting to do an intro to where it's just a solid thing that you I know. Miss my call out, bro. I missed my call out at the beginning of the episode. See what happens when you when you fuck it up and we got to redo this damn intro. We've done it like four times. Hey, it's fine. It's all good. It's it's part of the process. Got to the trust the process. Come alive. Yeah. So. You know, like I said, we're gonna spice it up, Ethan. It's gonna it's gonna get better and better. But we, you know, we've been working trying to piece things together. But we hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, so you know, like I said, we've been working on that intro, and and and, and we we got something good. It's we, not finished product, so we in the lab cooking. In the lab cooking, but something we've kind of came up with here recently is we're gonna test run some t-shirts. Uh, just just some close friends. Um, and and see what kind of response it is. Uh, you know, we we could post them on Facebook or something like that, just to to see what people think. People want any, 
Uh, but it's it's some pretty good stuff that we came up with, and, and um, you know, we look forward to to producing more uh, if we get the right response. But we're really excited to do that. That's one of that was one of our goals for this year was to uh, start doing T-shirts and and stuff like that. Obviously, in a cool manner with a cool design, something worth wearing. But uh, but yeah, we're gonna test run them and and see how it goes. Yeah, they're definitely a lot cooler now with the new <laughs> logo and everything. Guys, yeah. killed it. Yeah, and the new logo, man, it looks it looks awesome. Uh, really, really excited how that came out. Uh, shout out to Landon for redesigning that whole thing. Um, it uh, it came out really nice. Hit him up on Landon Shot Designs. You know, yeah, but. So, you know, uh, we're going to go to a little funny topic here today, kind of talk about our pre-race rituals. I know it's it's kind of like a our like superstitions or anything like that. Everybody has them and 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 we're going to kind of talk about ours. So and, and you might you might not know you have them, but I promise you you have something. There's something that we as racers do. It's it's something that you do whether it's how you load the trailer or how you unload the trailer or what you wear any any kind of music any kind of food anything like that so we'll kind of start it off with chance and i really don't have much uh summer months i'm wearing shorts at the track man until Chance just wakes up and pisses excellence no nobody can do a little it, bit though. but uh no i just wear the same pair of pants every time and i have been for a very long time and I'm surprised the pants still fit, but I make them motherfuckers fit. <laughs> <laughs> no belt, no belt now though. No. Oh belt. yeah, oh yeah. I so, mean, it, it was so bad in my last seat. I was still rocking a small select, and with the jeans on, I couldn't fit in the seat. It's like the, I would, I would, I would have jeans? to wait. I would have to wait for the G forces to suck me into the seat. It's <laughs> like you have to like to like stretch the seat out. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's black black jeans. I've yeah. been wearing those forever. And so mine's kind of funny though. I, I there's like I like to load the trailer at the same time. I like to load the trailer. There's a, there's a process to loading the trailer the same exact way. Um, you know, when I go get stuff, how I do it. Um, you but know, you like forget something. Daily scale and stuff like that. Like I try and keep it really relatively the same. But something it's. Like if I'm having some bad luck, I'm I'm gonna swap up what I'm wearing. I'm I'm like at one point I was wearing sweatpants and I was doing real good, so I never like and it didn't matter if it was the summer months or not. I was wearing the sweatpants, and then uh, I forgot. Twenty twenty two killed him. Yeah, so I stopped wearing the sweatpants. We did bad. We had a little bad streak with him, but I was I had these pair of a shoes. Little. <laughs> a little bad. Uh, a I lot of bad. Shit. I I'll pa- never forget that June twenty fifth race. Hey, we're not talking about it. I had these pair of shoes and we we did really good. We like went at Batesville. We went at Beaver Creek. And I was like, oh, these are the shoes, man. And I wore those things until we started doing bad. And and in my head, obviously, it's it's the pants or the shoes that ran out of luck to me. So you got to swap it up. And when you still suck with a different outfit on, you're just like, okay, we do just suck. But um, yeah, I'll 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 rock kind of like the same outfit until, you know, the luck where a quote unquote, the luck wears off. Hey, you know, I was going to say, if that that bad luck was continuing to this year, you know, the one thing that changed after Batesville, after you won, that you've been, that the last thing that you've been wearing is that brand new bell helmet that you got. So, I mean, you know, that would have been the next thing to go. I'm not going back to that impact. No. That thing's from like 1947. It definitely would be for Alex to never post a racing TikTok or TikTok in general again. 
That's one. That of is definitely that. That that's definitely one of the superstitions. Is don't post any of my racing. <laughs> wait a minute. No TikTok. more TikTok. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Didn't you hit that pole by your house after you won Batesville, and then you had that bad streak? Shit, I don't know. I mean, we won at Beaver Creek after in February, so I I was late for work, man. Video after Beaver Creek. Ah, okay. All right. I was gonna say maybe you just need to go square that pole up again. Yeah, I mean, so hey, I can confirm squaring up poles is not fun. Don't do it. Don't try it at home. Well, so Ethan, what 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 what's working with you? All right. Well, so you know my dad, Mister Fucking OCD. Okay. Uh. You know, we got the same ritual. If we're racing Saturday, the trailer is loaded by 7.30 Friday night with everything but the house cord for the trailer for the uh, house battery and the t- the check the air and the tires for the trailer. And that was like the last thing we would do or I would do before pulling off, pulling out of the driveway. So, and then of course the you know, I had the same pair of socks that I wore. And you had another one. Yeah, oh, yeah. What, what yeah. was that? Other, what was that other one, Ethan? Oh, that other one was. Uh, I wore the same pair of blue underwear for like four years. <laughs> and then I got my re- I can, on race days on race days. Let me clarify here. Let me clarify. And yes, they were. Yes, they were washed. I was uh, about to say you never washed them. Yeah, they had a couple of stains in them. No, no, no. I, the one stain they did have was the blood whenever I took that bolt in the leg at Dogwood. So, <laughs> sure about that? You sure, sure about, about that? that? You sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> Got to get up in the camera. But yeah, so that's that was um that was the the norm, I guess you can say. And then ever since then. It was, uh, oh, cool. and then Chance remembers this from when, like, way, way back when, back when our favorite person had a Katie on a Speedway. I had the same pair of black checkered print vans that I wore. I do remember those. Chance, did oh. Ethan ever forget the air tank? Uh, I was about to say that. <laughs> oh, air tank. Uh, yeah, no, was uh, air tank and headband. Air tank and headband. <laughs> So run us down a little bit, Austin. Well, whoa, whoa. That was a little weird on how to say that. Oh, man, (laughs) man. Hang on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Stop. So, Austin, what what, what do you what do you got? Man, so uh, I haven't I haven't stepped in the car since my win in Mojave, but in true race fashion, I feel like in true fuel fashion, um, the first thing I do when I get in my truck to head to the racetrack is I put on Molly crew kickstart my heart. I feel like that's just going to get me going. Well, you're uh, forgetting Saturday. Friday nights. You're forgetting the Friday nights where we just drink our livers away and then wake up hating ourselves. No, Cause I normally make Alex do everything on Friday nights. Well, no, uh, no, we, we typically drink our, drink our livers away on Friday and then wake up Saturday right, well, hating ourselves. Yes. And yes, then we go to the racetrack. I mean, look, look, hating myself on the way to the racetrack has paid off in many, many big money days. By big money, I mean small pennies, but it's the same thing. <laughs> Rubbing two pennies together, make a dime. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so the kickstart my heart, and then uh, stop at the racetrack, a raceway, whatever gas station's convenient. Get a Red Bull, some beef jerky. And, well, you uh, like you get a monster. Get yes, a monster. It, I switch it up, man. Switch it up. It's energy drink. 
You were you were on that monster last year. I, I was on that yeah. monster. Yeah, that, 90, that was yeah. also when I had fifteen DNFs the whole year. So man, where's the laser at? Uh, it's on the sprocket. <laughs> <laughs> I never forget that look on Chance's face when I went, huh? I definitely, was, I definitely that found. Was the, uh, that was the day I showed up drunk. Yeah, lost you lost your key. key. You yeah. lost. Your, yeah, uh, at that point, point we're not talking. That was the worst race weekend ever. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think it was too bad. I, I still would have won that race, but uh, I found out I can't park on the backstretch wall with some help. So, uh, other than that, man, yeah, that's pretty much it. I got the same pair of jeans I wear. Um, I always wear my racing for dead shirt. Ouch. I always always have my cross on the outside of my shirt and that one race hat, the LSU hat. Never go to the track without it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got them. Everybody's a little different. But, How about uh, them Vols? No. The Vols? Absolutely no. not. Go Tigers, baby. I don't care. Go Tigers, Brian Kennedy, I don't, I don't have a dog. I don't have a dog in this fight. So hey, it is it is it is the beginning of the greatest season. Football season Co- coming up. College no, football no, season is coming racing up. Racing season is pretty damn good. Yeah, racing season is pretty good, but like, you know. Yeah, but have you ever seen somebody get run over by like a grown man? at a racetrack and score a touchdown after? No, I didn't think so. <laughs> so, uh, there's some some races coming up. Um, I think TC's racing on August 5th this weekend coming up. Uh, down south, it has the battle rescheduled uh, for... Uh, uh, for oh, it's, it's this weekend. Rain. Yes, the, for August 5th. Yeah, sorry. I had, like, my brain went completely <laughs> sideways. Um and then uh TC has got some races coming up that they're gonna do. Uh what is it? It's September. a clone race. Uh September not September, it's August. August nineteenth. There's a clone race, seven fifty to win guaranteed, and second place two fifty guaranteed. Yeah, and then they I got another one coming up. my birthday over there. And then they and then they got a uh they have a Reaper race coming up. Um so that'll be pretty cool. And I know Mojave's got races coming up. So uh, just be on the lookout around here. Also, um, the indoor race that the LAK Promotions is putting on uh, is late October. So be on the lookout for that as well. Um, that's that's going to be a good one. You want to be there for that, which uh, also is uh, is really cool because we haven't had an indoor race, you know, in Louisiana in, a, in, a, in a, quite a bit. Ten years. No, well, no Wilkerson, but it's been quite. A, it's oh, been I'm sorry. Quite a I'm bit thinking, since I'm, Wilkerson. I was thinking like October indoor races. No, no, no. Just, just in general. Yeah. Sorry. But, but yeah, uh, we. Uh, I kind of been on the go kart for a few weeks. Ready to get back into it. Um, going to the Big O in two weeks. We're gonna leave on Thursday. Go out there Friday, Saturday. Come home Sunday. Oh, I'm really excited to go. So, um, looking forward to that. But uh, other than that, I really don't know when the next race for us is. Um, I don't know. Chance, what, when's your next race coming up? Probably that TC race. Maybe. Big maybe. I got you. So well, we, uh, we will see how that goes. But uh, let's, uh, let's, let's go into the interview, guys. Jamie came sit with us, and, and we're really excited to, uh, to have him on. So we hope you guys enjoy it. And without further ado, this is Jamie Kanoff.
What's up, man? All right, how you doing? I think I got it working. Yeah, we sir, got we got you, man. Uh, how you doing? How was your day? I'm good. I like that shirt you got on. It's off the mode. Let's just get into the first question. How, who, when, when did you get in racing? I mean, you sent me that picture. I couldn't put a date on that at all. <laughs> yeah. That was a long time ago. That was before I started. Uh, I started in 1991 at Indianland Cartway in South Carolina. It's like an hour below Charlotte, mm-hmm. North Carolina. And it was growing up, it was like one of the biggest crowds. If you go there and run, if you ran in top five, you could go about anywhere in the country and win. So it was very hard to start there as your local track trying yeah. to learn how to race. I think I got lapped the first week I went and ran. <laughs> I watched NASCAR, so when the man gave me the move over flag, I moved on to the bottom out of the way. But when I got down there in the corner, the leader hit me and knocked me straight up off the track. So I didn't <laughs> hit my side next time. That's funny. But, he kind of got you kind of got thrown to the wolves from the jump, kind of. Yeah, and then actually my motor. So we bought a go kart for two hundred bucks, and the man gave us the motor and everything for five hundred bucks. It was go kart tires, motor, and the motor blew up first. First, third, fourth, <laughs> and I was up, and there was a guy named Michael Wise. His he was a kid then, but his dad was in line with me when we were signing up to register. And I was telling him, "Yes, my first time racing." And then he seen me up in the bleachers crying, and he was like, "What's wrong?" I said, "My motor blew up." So he come over there and said, "Go get this motor, put on your go kart, and when you get it on, come get me, and I'll come put oil in." So. <laughs> I guess he thought I might have left the hole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he loaned awesome. me a motor. Man, I was the happiest kid at the track. That's awesome. <laughs> Even so, though, but yeah, Chance kind of you know uh, iterated that picture. Um, and for anybody who's wondering, it's the picture that we'll put for the episode release uh, picture. But what, where was like what that was that was at the racetrack or was that in the backyard? Yeah, that was the backyard. That was before I started racing. So, um, so I started in 91 at Indianland, but my stepdad in the mid eighties raced, uh, rear mounts. And then they had a rear mount class at Indianland too, because, you know, everybody didn't have side mount carts. Mm-hmm. So I had a class for them. And so he would prep his tires every day because it was a wet track. We'd go up there and race and, or he would go race and then he would let me ride it in the yard. So then on yard cart. So and uh, th- that was at my grandparents' house, and I made a track out there. Would come up the driveway, but on the in the yard, and then make a make a circle. So I still got imprints out there now from the late eighties where the track was. Run it, run it till it runs out of gas, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, you've been racing for a long time, man. Because I, I was born in nineteen ninety, so I was barely alive when you started. Yeah, like, the, these kids weren't even. These guys were not even. I don't even think they were a thought yet. Yeah. yeah. So not many race as long as I have. Uh, I think there's a few that still do it. Kenny Buff. Yeah, I think he started before me, and uh, he ran, I think, road course when he first started. I never really ran much road course. I did, like, in you know, 2019, I ran a few races. Okay. At- I didn't know that. Yeah, I borrowed a cart from Donnie Nall and then borrowed a motor because it's a 206 motor. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any of that. And then Max was having road course races on Sundays at Kershaw, and I live about 20 minutes from there. So we'd go race 
somewhere and come home three in the morning and then swap go karts and head on down there or just throw that one in there also. That's that's funny. That's perfect. I mean, that's that's a that's a racer's life right there, and it, it doesn't make sense to most people, but it it makes perfect sense to us if you put it towards us. Yeah, and then then the Maxis, um, they wanted to be more involved in the road course pavement stuff, so they went to Saturdays, and then that just cut me out because you yeah. know I'm somewhere on Saturdays. So yeah, so I quit it much after that. Yeah, I'd, I'd pick dirt over asphalt any day. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what was? Do you remember your your first chassis? Do you remember that it was? Was see, it was ninety one, so it was probably an early eighty model go-kart because mm-hmm. it had one inch axle so you couldn't slide your hubs on the, <laughs> the hubs just went on at the end and bolted on with a yeah. um, inch nut mm-hmm. so, so my car was so old but um uh, i ran that like summer of 91 and then um there's a guy that raced brad Pittman. his grandpa was they said he was like one of the best and he lived right down the road from me so i went and talked to him asked him would he build me a motor and he built me a motor and he sold me a shadow go-kart that was like maybe six months old for mm. like a hundred bucks for motor go-kart set of tires and everything <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah it's funny like most a lot of people who we've interviewed from that time period you know it just goes to show how good shadow go-karts were kind of back then that was like the biggest thing and almost everybody who got their first go-kart but went to their second go-kart after they got serious about it was a shadow yeah, they were real big, big then. Yeah. And dad raced in the seventies. So I was born in seventy seven. So when him and my mom got married, he quit racing. Mm-hmm. Um so he knew that guy, Mr. Pittman, and I've always heard him talk about him. And so he helped me when I first got started. And if it wouldn't have been for that, then you know, my grandpa wouldn't been able to afford for me to be able to race. Yeah. That, that's a that's a perfect transition to the next question you know um you know when you were getting started and even into your early days of traveling you know who was who was some big role models or inspirations to kind of guide you along the way uh, as far as just going to the track and looking and watching um stevie stevenson was my hero growing up he, he was he raced the indian land and they gave these little orange stickers when you won and had an indian on it mm-hmm. and it was like orange it was about three inches big around and he had a he had a 20 foot trailer but he had like a box truck he pulled it with with folding doors and when he'd open those doors up the whole back of it was neon orange and i thought coolest thing ever is all those stickers when he won and i was like man i just want to win one of those stickers one day so so that was something to strive for but he'd never run over anybody that i know of and they just like keep dominated and I was a big Earnhardt fan back when he drove the Wrangler car and he mm-hmm. did run and he drove that car, but he still won a lot and <laughs> like Stevie because he was winning and Dale Earnhardt was too. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, and so, uh, in, <clears throat> in that's, it's a perfect person to look up to because you said the competition level at that track, even on a local level was, was so hard. And that guy's going out there and winning. So that's a, it's a really good role model to have. Yeah, he would win all three classes about every night. And we ran Continentals then, so the tires would punch about 30 or something. Because <laughs> it. And then one day, somebody went over there and tried to fill his tires. He was like, no, don't do that. 
<laughs> they would protest him. They'd think he was cheating. And then, you know, back in the, I guess, early 90s, they didn't have real good tech people. So once in a while, they'd throw him out for something that didn't look right. But then he'd mm. come back week and win all three classes again. And they were scared <laughs> to test him because he was just out handling everybody and out driving them mostly, too. Yeah. Definitely. So kicking it, I guess, forward now, what was, you know, what was the evolution of the tire prep like for you? You know, when did, when did the idea start? What was the learning process like? And when did, when did you first think about creating a prep line? So when uh, I started when I was 14 racing, but like I said, that picture I seen, I think I was eight maybe something like that my stepdad raced and they were prepping tires every time they'd go to track every day of the week so if i get home from school i would want to um i would want to uh go out there and help them prep the tires get the go-kart ready because i wanted to race we get to the track i said let me drive it let me drive it it's like <laughs> drive it <laughs> and then uh i was going to go out there and just practice it and here i am he's six foot tall and i'm four or three and a half foot tall and i'm a little kid but i still wanted to get out there and race but so he always prepped his tires and then when i started in 91 my dad raced like in the late 70s so he had a bunch of old tires he ran on pavement so i would get some of them from my grandparents house and bring home and start prepping them up and then going and that's the tires i ran some of them wouldn't even be blew out on the wheel all the way because i ran inner tubes in them yeah but, and and you know it's we kind of look at it as like you know prep it was a relatively newer thing and like this since you know 2000s and up but there was still like a little bit of a not as sophisticated as it is now there was more there was there was still prep back then yeah you know, with yeah. your diesel and all that kind of stuff yeah so and then when i started we prepped tires and uh, we'd prep them a couple times a week, and then one day went to Indiana and raced, and I think it was New Year's. It was like 40 degrees, and it was misting rain all day, and it was it was wet, and I'm out there spinning the tires sideways because they're way too hard. And the guy helped, helped me at the track. I asked him. I buy parts from him, and his go-kart, he ran the limited class, but he was mm-hmm. fast. What's my tires need to feel like? I felt his tires, and they were like twice as soft as mine. And then I said, what can I put on here to soften them up like that? He said, it'd take you two weeks to soften them up that much. (laughs) (laughs) So January 1st to, I think, March 14th was the next race. And I prepped my tires every day from January 1st to March 14th or February 14th. That was it. So it was about five or six weeks and went to the track. My tires were soft and track was wet and that was the best thing there. It was- <laughs> Could you imagine if we did something like that today with the tires? Yeah. <laughs> Every day over there prepping and prepping, we'd have paintbrush and big old bucket and just prepping them. And some people, <laughs> like soak them like stick the whole tire in it but we never could do that we couldn't afford to buy that much (laughs) were were y'all rolling the insides back then no not then i started rolling insides about 99 i think it was started rolling insides and and when did like you know obviously like um when did like the concept of like instead of just using like what you could find the creosote, like the diesel and stuff. When, when did that really start? Like, cause you said in 99, you started rolling the inside. Was that about the same time things started kind of 
sophisticating up with with the prep line and people started doing it more yeah because we had better tires and see before that everybody had real old tires nobody had ever had stuff and then they just prep them to like get them to bike the track and then uh so then the races got bigger and then the tires were better and so you needed like some prep tires because track was real fast and it just seemed like it made it faster and so so in the late nine about i think it was 99 that's when we started rolling them on the inside more and that would get them softer and then you could prep them on the outside to give it the bite mm-hmm. nice but, well a lot of people know you as the flying russian do you know where that that nickname came from but I, just the russian yeah oh okay Not russian but the russian but we were that i think it was 2002 at checkered uh i think it was checkered flag cartway no each state cartway right past carnesville okay. and, we were, and and now i usually go out and practice once or twice you know at the race and you know, most people don't practice the first round now at some of the bigger races but then mm-hmm. i was i was wanting laps trying to get better trying to and um so i would go out there and practice and Bradley Gerald's had a guy helping him, and he would only go out one time in practice, and then he'd go out there and win the race and qualify on the pole and everything. He's like, man, I want to be that good. So I'm out there practicing every time the track opens. And he asked the guy, who, he said, who's fast out there? Because he was in his trailer working, and his buddy was up there watching. He said, you know, what's his name? He's like, who's what's his name? You know, what's his name? He couldn't think of my name. And then he said, the Russian. He said, who are you talking about? <laughs> he remembered my name. And then he went and he's like, oh. So then about two hours after that, Bradley came to my trailer and was talking to me. And he said, Rush. I was like, what are you talking about? And I rode shadow carts at that time. And Bradley Gerald's did also. And one of my best friends, he rode them. And then the Pittman guy rode them. So, and then they knew my dad. So they just all called me the rush. Then my best friend, he was calling me that. And then when he usually uh, gives you a nickname, it usually sticks. So, yeah. That's, <laughs> so that's how it kind of stuck. And then Phil Combs, he, yeah. he said it too. So, and then that took it, you know, to the next level when the announcer's saying that it tracks. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's funny, especially somebody who didn't like didn't remember your name. Was just like, oh, we're going to call him the Russian. You're just gonna... <laughs> that's funny. And then I ain't even Russian. Like my uh, ancestors, I, I think they're from Germany. So I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. not Russian, but I went along with it. I thought it sounded cool, too. Yeah. So, um, you know, we kind of talked about prep just now, but we kind of come to, uh, you know, closer times of, of Pink Magic. Um when when did you make that choice to develop it you know like when when was it kind of like this this is kind of a thing that we need to go after and was it something for personal use and then it just kind of went out to the the public or was it always going to be like a public thing uh it was mainly personal use to start with and then people would want me to help them at the track and then i try to help one guy and then he wouldn't run no better and then then uh so then i really didn't want to help nobody because People were helping me when I was younger growing up, and sometimes it helped me, sometimes it didn't, and it wasn't their fault. But then the one guy kind of made the comment like it was my fault, well, he ain't run good. <laughs> I mean, I can't drive it for you. I can only, you know, do so much. So I didn't really want to help nobody. And then um, then as the more I raced, you know, the more successful I got, and then people want me to help them like kids or 
you know, dads that had kids racing and wanting to learn and then uh, like friends of mine. So, so then when uh, so I come up with the pink magic prep, I changed the color to pink. It, I had a green prep originally and then it really didn't have a name or anything. Mm-hmm. So I need, I need a name and then I could just sell my prep to my buddy and he could prep his own tires and do his own stuff. Then he ain't mad at me if he runs bad. Mm-hmm. So it worked good on a good dry track and slick track. And I know when it's real wet, you need uh, the gold to help it, you know, soften the tire and grip to the wet track. But it works pretty good from slick track to a good hard dry track. Just wipe it more when it's slicker and uh, wipe it less the drier the track he is. Yeah, that's pretty clever. I mean, you change the color to pink and it's magic if you put it on the tires pretty much. It kind of it's kind of a little a little marketing tactic right there. <clears throat> Sorry, I was muted. <laughs> so. What uh, what sets Pink Magic ahead of everyone else? But of course, you know, you know, you have in-house secrets, so don't want don't want those exposed on on the episode. But any any information that you know you want to give the listeners about what what sets you different? Uh, mainly, you don't need so many preps. You can, like I said, if you need a tire punching forty-five to sixty, you could use that prep. So if the track's slick at night, you can use a newer tire pressure tire and wipe it and it works great and if it's real wet you know you need that gold gold prep goat they call it um this really real aggressive so if you don't need it real aggressive it works great from like i said slick you can wipe it seven eight ten times and then if the track's real hard fast and dry like the big o will be in a couple of weeks you can just wipe it two or three times yeah it's kind of a use universal you know user-friendly is the main thing i think i think that's the biggest thing that at carding needs is uh user-friendly stuff to where when people come into it it's not so complicated and not so overwhelming i think that's a huge thing yeah Yeah, i mean if you got five different preps and well you want this three-week-old tire with this prep or that prep on it yeah you got i think prep on everything and i just go with a little bit harder tire or a little bit softer tire when it's got the same prep and then it works great for me that way yeah more more yeah more consistent yeah when when would you say pink Matt? you released it to the book about I was, 2007 2007 Seven? I mean, no 2009 i'm yeah. sorry two. i got you. so i, I want to say when, when that released man it it kind of took the carding world by storm and you were winning a lot back in those days like we i remember i was a kid i was like 19 right out of high school sort of and just reading reading magazines, you know, watching videos and you were, you were that guy, pink magic everywhere. Everyone was trying to get their hands on pink magic. You know, that's one of the memories I have. And like, what, what from there you think set you apart when that hit the market? Cause like, like I said, you, you took the world on fire, you know, pretty much put it on fire. Yeah. I mean, I, I was real successful around that time and people were Man, let me buy some of that prep. So I sent <laughs> it to, to my buddy here, my buddy there. And I was like, well, I'm going to mix up a few more gallons and try to sell a few more quarts or a few more gallons to somebody at the track. And and uh, people were doing tires for other people in that time. So people really didn't sell their prep. They just did tires for you. And if you wanted yeah. to buy the tires and then – I didn't want to do all that work. I didn't want to do my tires plus four other people's <laughs> tires during the week. <laughs> Stuff ready. 
I was like, well, I just sell it to them and then they can do it, you know, do it themselves because most, most everybody wants to have their hand in on it too. So, you know, they, they learn from experience also. Yeah. You just kind of, kind of box it up in a box, put a little piece of paper, like, Hey, do this when there's that, you know, do that when there's this and then take it and they can go and test and however it works for them, works for them. Yeah. Yeah. I give them, I usually give everybody, like if they want to know how to use it, I'll tell them like what I'm going to do if I'm going to the race this weekend at this track. And if it was a different track, you know, what, what I would be doing yeah. for that track. Which goes a long way, a long way in, in the karting world. When you, when you go out your way to help people. Yeah. Cause you had the right tires in the trailer, prep the right and everything. But if you put them on at the wrong time, you could be the slowest one out there. Every and, then, time. and then you put them back on the rack and you're like, Oh, I probably should have kept those on the table. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, let's bring it. What would you say is your most memorable or your most special win? And it, it could be multiple, but if some of your favorites. Probably 2007, the Friday night race at Jasper at the World 100. It, they, they have about eight or nine classes now, but it used to only be one. I can't remember what the name of it was, but it was a 50 lap race, paid 2000 to win. It was flathead. And, uh, so there the track be dry and hard and they go out there and wet it. And then for qualifying, you know, there's only one class running that night. So there's like 80 carts. So the track gets a little decent, but you have to have real soft tires to qualify. And then for the race, everybody seems to fade a little bit. So it's like the track dries out 50 laps. And so tires punch about 35 to qualify. And then for the race, I had set punch about 45. And I was successful before doing it like that, but this time it seemed a little more wet. So I qualified fourth, and then on the first lap, I'm up around the grass, up in the cushion, about to run off the track, and I'm last on the very first lap. <laughs> so I'm in 30th spot, and then about lap 15, they start giving me the move over flag, and I'm like, oh, no. I'm drove all the way to Florida, and I just screwed up on the tires this bad. I'm going to tough it out. I'm going to stay out here the whole time, punish myself. And then – so after after about about lap twenty, it started handling pretty good. I wasn't sliding all over the place, and they didn't give me the move over flag anymore. And about the next five laps, I was a straightaway behind a pack of about ten, and I run them down in about three laps. And I was like, and a caution came out. Somebody's piece, somebody's weight had fell off and was in the middle of the track. And then when they threw the caution, somebody had done hit it, so they didn't even really need to throw the caution. So. I was like, man, I could have passed at least half of that pack right there if I'd had a couple more laps. And But then I said, well, everybody's on them soft tires, and mine's hard. I'm going to be in the way again when we take this green. So under yellow, I was swerving back and forth, and I said, man, it feels pretty good. And we took back off. If you ever ran real, real soft tires on the racetrack that dried out, you know that you kind of slide a little. Mm-hmm, so we yeah. turned one on the restart. And like the three in front of me just kind of drifted up and ran about a groove and a half too high. And then I had the left sides in the infield and it looked like I was the only one that had to go prep then. I drove <laughs> 25 lap race. I was, it was about lap 24 or 25 and I was in about that spot. And I drove, I was driving by people, three of them a lap in each corner. And about five to go, I took the lead. And I remember I drove for Jerry Eddins and Mike Schumacher. They were they were right by the fence off turn two, and you can't really see a lot, but I could see Jerry every time I come around there, and he was waving. He had a cowboy hat. He was waving that cowboy hat every time I come around there, and then he was standing on the man's go- hood of his golf cart because so he could see 
defense. And then, uh, so I took the lead with five to go, won by about a quarter of a straightaway. And then after the race, everybody wanted to buy the go-kart. One more by the motor, one by the tires. The man said, I was about to get lapped. It ain't the go-kart or the tires. It was all motors. I was able to drive by them. <laughs> but that was probably my most, you know, most epic, memorable win. It was like Bill Elliott, 1985 at Talladega. I mean, it yeah. was just, yeah, I was the slowest thing there for <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's a that's a hell of a story. I mean, yeah, essentially almost getting lapped. You could you could put yourself pretty much a lap down in go kart racing. You know, once you lose a lap in go kart racing, there's no coming back. But yeah, golly, and and with Jasper being such a big track, running them all back down, and then taking a quarter of a straightaway lead, you can almost put that at some tracks half a track. Um, that's that's crazy. That is it was crazy. A, if I wouldn't have been there, I wouldn't have believed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is that is that's that's a story. I have from dro- oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. went from dropping the boat anchor to strapping the rockets. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then uh, this past year, we, we had Christmas with the Edens family, and me and Jerry was talking about that, how awesome it was. And then he was about to have to buy that man new golf cart because he wouldn't get off the hood of it. Man, during the race, he said, "Kids, get off my golf cart, please." <laughs> <He> was- <laughs> That's so funny. Awesome. That's funny, man. That that's uh ooh. that yeah, like you said, that's one of them things that you just gotta be there to believe it. You know what happened, but it's 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 crazy to think that it actually did. Yeah, because when I'm racing, I can't see nobody on the fence. I can see people every once in a while, but you know, it's I don't know if it's just zoned out or what, mm-hmm. but I'm just focused on the track cart in front of me and make sure ain't nobody wrecked ahead. And but when I come off through one and two, and it was in a bad spot where I shouldn't even be able to say I can see yeah it's the same way for me because like my dad will be like hey did you see me like you you could have just rode you didn't really need to drive it i can't see nothing dad i'm just trying to make sure no one passes me i don't know what, yeah. i can't see you yeah i'm just make sure i don't miss the groove down there <laughs> yeah so you know we had austin on last uh last week and he was uh <clears throat> one of your junior drivers for a while with you and Jerry and uh, that team. Um, but now there's uh, Dawson um, that is with y'all now. He's obviously moved up. He's in, he's seniors now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, what is the process of, of bringing somebody to, to kind of be your junior driver and, and, and run with y'all? Uh, they really ain't a process. Um, I mean, Sometimes I have somebody interested in wanting to come race and I guess maybe just running the same tracks I do or the same races and stuff like that. That would be the main thing. Uh, but with like Ronnie still running and uh, help a um, little smoke Corbett down in Georgia when he comes up this way and runs. So don't really want too many people because I still enjoy racing too. So yeah. out there and race and then, trying to figure out what they need and what I need at the same time. So sometimes too much is uh, more of a headache at the track. Yeah. It's more of uh, just kind of trying to manage everything, make sure that everybody still gets the, gets is good enough to be up front and nobody gets overwhelmed. Yeah. Cause I mean, like when a dad wants to pay you to do their tires or help their son, you know, on their go-kart and then they don't go out there and run good. So, I mean, it's a lot of pressure to, you know, want to want them to run, run well. Yeah, most definitely. That that is uh that's a that's a tough task that people really don't think about with uh, the karting industry. And that's this kind of goes anywhere any with any sport. If someone is paying you to help them do good in any kind of sport, you know, 
like yes they're just because they're just expecting you to do it but also it kind of puts more pressure on you to to provide that service yeah so of course the four of us know that racing involves both triumphs and setbacks but how do you with you know your 30 plus years of experience how do you cope with the disappointments and bounce back from a tough race or t- from a tough weekend? Uh, it just depends. Uh, the best thing is to get back to the race the next week. Sometimes when you run bad, it don't matter what you do. The best thing, you're not going to run good that day. Sometimes the best thing to do is just load up and just be prepared the next week and try to fix what you thought was wrong the week before. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I always do. If I've run good one week, I'm going to probably try to take the same thing, do the same steps to be you know, that good the next week. And then if I run bad, I try to figure out what I did wrong, what could have worked better. And then after the race, some people talk, tell you what they did on their tires or how old they were. And then so, well, next time I'm slow, I'll just remember that and try that, you know, try a little bit older tire if that's what they were doing or a little bit newer tire. That's the that's the main thing. And then best friend, Jeremy, that helps me, he, he don't like to lose. So halfway home from when we are running bad, he's ready to come home and, work on it and get it back next week yeah. <laughs> so that's that and then running all these years and just not never giving up i mean if i would have gave up when i first started getting lapped up there at the local saturday night track you know there's, there's a lot i would have missed out on yeah definitely like, yeah. like the jasper race that would have yeah. happened yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we wouldn't be sitting here talking yeah uh, that guy- his motor that day when mine blew up and I was crying in the bleachers. That race might not happen in Jasper. Yeah. That was leading the race the whole time. Mm. And 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 say you know you have a, a couple bad weekends in a row. Like just for anyone listening, you know, what is some of the first things you're looking at? Are you looking at tire rotation? Are you looking at components on the chassis to possibly change? You know, are you just kind of inspecting everything? Yeah, because if you just slow for a few weeks in a row, that may just be your tires, or you may have a bent spindle. I mean, somebody might have bumped you, or you hit the turtle that they put out on the track. And, but, I mean, if you're fast and have bad luck, I mean, you kind of got to look, well, at least I was fast. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're battling, I mean, the competition on go-kart racing is, I think, way more than anything else. So, I mean, there's a lot of talent there on Saturday nights. The guy could be first one week and 20th the next with the mm-hmm. same and he could, so you just gotta just never give up. <laughs> that's yeah. my, that's what yeah. I always say to myself. Just can't give up. Keep your head down and keep moving forward. Yes, sir. All right. So at, we were talking to Adam Benefil. He's a good buddy of ours. Uh, we interviewed him. He's actually one of our second or third guests. I think we had, but second, uh, yeah. we let, he was telling us you're pretty, you're getting pretty good at eye racing. And I don't know, during quarantine, me and you got in a race at Charlotte Trucks. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if you remember that, but we, it was yeah. like me, you, and Wendell Chavis, I believe. We yeah. Were, yeah, I was I terrible. And I just started. <laughs> yeah, I, I, fig- I mean, you did well. You held your own. But, uh, yeah, you get, he's, he told us you're getting pretty good at iRacing. Do you feel iRacing is a good tool for, like, up-and-coming racers to kind of hone in on their craft? Yeah, I think so, because they got – they got sprint cars. They got late models. They got almost every different car. I don't usually do the dirt because they don't drive like the dirt I've run on. So I run more of the NASCAR stuff because it's more momentum. Like 
our carts are momentum based and uh yeah adam's a good he's a good teacher good coach so (laughs) he's very very good man he he joined a few of our races that just embarrassed us completely. Yeah, every yeah. time he every time he joins our race, we're like, "All right, who's fighting for a second now?" <laughs> yeah, I raced against him a couple times, and uh, he'd start in the back and just ride around. And at the very end of the race, he'd be about right there taking the lead. But yeah, yeah. same thing that happened with us. <laughs> we yeah. wouldn't even qualify; just you know, yeah, run a few stuff. practice laps. You know, just all cool and dandy, and then five, ten laps to go. Next thing you know, you're getting the doors blown off. He's running yeah. half a second faster than you because he doesn't save his tires for the whole race. <laughs> yeah, and then and then he runs you down from a half a track where you thought you had a good enough gap on him. But then then I raced a couple more times with him in a more serious race, and I was like, man, that guy is really really good. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> but he is really really good. <laughs> so I didn't get to ask it earlier, but um, you know, you've been number forty eight for as long as I can remember. Um. Where what's the backstory on the number? So Stacy Bean used to be number forty-one when he raced, mm-hmm. and every time he would sign up, somebody would always have his number. So Dan Sox was his buddy. He told him, "Add my number to yours and be forty-eight. So he did, and I think that was maybe two thousand two or three. And in two thousand six, I went and drove for Stacy Bean and Dennis Lambert, and Bean was number forty-eight. So he said. We've put, uh, I think he bought decals and put 49 on my cart. And Ken Schrader was driving the Swan car. It was a start and park car. Mm-hmm. And he was fine. And went to the race. I started running real good and winning. And uh, I said, I run like Jimmy Johnson. I don't run like uh, <laughs> Schrader. So I swapped the numbers. So I made Dennis, I mean, I made uh, Bean be 49 the next week. So, because. <laughs> Me and Dennis would go race without being most of the time, and I would, my cart had like quarter numbers, and it be it had forty eight on it from when Bean rode it, and then so when Bean showed up at the race, with he said, "Why is my name on your go kart?" I said, "It's not." He said, "Yeah, it is." I said, "No, you just number forty nine. I'm forty eight because he would we would run the same class." So <laughs> <That's bad. laughs> and I didn't even like Jimmy Johnson. I wasn't even the Jimmy Johnson fan, and, and then, really? then kind of like Jimmy Johnson and become a diehard Jimmy Johnson fan and <laughs> it was homestead when he won the seventh championship. Oh, that's, that's awesome. cool. That's super he just, cool. He just so, got inducted, uh, announced for the hall of fame today. Yeah. And, so, and some so Jamie, Oh, uh, I just wanted to do one cool thing really quick. Uh, you've always done the two color kind of body deal that I've always thought that was the coolest thing. Like what, like, was that your idea? Or is that just something y'all thought of y'all did one time? And it's uh, kind of just stuck. Yeah, when I was driving for Edens, he's he's the older guy, and he said he couldn't see me out there. And I got a black part, and I got fluorescent orange and chrome decals all down the side. I said, you can't see that out there. He's like, no. So, and then I watch a video because everybody didn't, you know, they wasn't Facebook Live every time back then. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, I can't see you. So some people video it, and then I'd watch it. I was like, yeah, I can't really see it. So I had it neon yellow one time and he's like, i can see that so but the neon yellow would pit up real bad in the front mm-hmm. so got a black body and painted the top part neon yellow and i was gonna get decals for the sides that was, was gonna be neon yellow and kind of two-tone it but then the guy couldn't ever make the stickers for me or it was 
too late or something. So I just had to body the painter paint the sides of it yellow too. So he'd be able to see it. <laughs> so that was the main, and then it wound up sticking for a while. So, and that then was... every time I've changed colors here and there, just get tired of one and trying something new. And yeah, like you did orange and gray at one time. I thought that looked really good. And it's, uh, it's, it's the purple and orange right now, huh? Yeah. It's actually yeah. called burnt and then neon fluorescent red on top. Is, you've always had clean pieces coming to the racetrack, man. They always yeah, looking good. That, that neon yellow and black was like, I love that. that. That's one of my favorite colors. Is that neon yellow? Yeah, that's my favorite too. But Chop Shop, he doesn't stole my color. He's got is <laughs> <laughs> that color right now. So yeah, to make off of it soon, and I can switch back to him. <laughs> I'm scared. Ethan. No, actually, uh, you actually stole the oh, question. I was oh, going to no. ask oh, him about, we were, we were on about the, the line. Oh, yeah, I about the you, lime green you. on where that came from. Oh, I got you. So, um, you know, people people starting in the sport, um, you know, younger carters that maybe are doing this on their own, or or you know, somebody's got a you know dad with the kid. You know, what are uh, what are some tips that you 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 would give to them to someone starting? I just try to find somebody that like go to the local race and like if you ain't started yet go to the local track and just watch and see how everything goes and then you know talk to just talk to people people at the track are really nice sometimes when they get off after the race they're not but but normally um you know everybody it's like a real big family all the go-carters yeah i mean they don't like you some family members don't like you too so they're like family yeah, and I, I definitely feel like that's that, that's that's important too. Is not just jumping around, jumping around, finding something, really giving it time to see if it works, and then making changes if you have to at that point. But really f- trying to figure out something with somebody and, and trying to stick it. Yeah. So when I started, the Mister Pittman guy, he was he was my main main one. I, I was friends with his grandson, but um, you know, Mister Pittman, he was the he was the grandpa. He was the one that my dad knew and said was one of the you know, his, his son's race, they were some of the best they were. So I would always go ask him what I needed to do, what I needed to do. And then one week I asked him what I needed to do. And he told me, and I told him, well, such and such said this. He said, well, go do what he said. then." <laughs> so that, that's for you. So I learned not to just jump around from people to people, just kind of stick with one person and try to, um, come, you know, create a relationship with people at the track and, most people there help you. They, I mean, because if, if the one person won all the time and nobody else had a chance to win, then no people will quit coming. They'd quit racing. So it's good to see, you know, everybody run good at least once in a while. Yeah, kind of giving someone a chance to know, like, oh, I can do this. It's just yeah. you, you got to work hard to do it. You know, I, you know, somebody running the back, or and that goes across all sports. You know, you keep doing bad at something, and you're trying really hard. Um, and but you just end up getting discouraged and quit. But yeah, and when I was ten, my dad took me to North Booksboro, and he worked with Davy Allison on his race team. And I was a huge Dale Earnhardt fan. So my dad, he dropped me off in the infield, and I walked around the whole place, ten years old by myself. Then he comes finds me, and he's done had Earnhardt meet him at the front of the hauler, and there he is, and I got to meet Dale Earnhardt. So it's like one Dude. of the greatest. I like yeah, that's, that's that's awesome. Me. That's awesome. I'm jealous. Cowboy hat on, cowboy boots, and Wrangler pants. I mean, I mean, it was awesome. And uh, 
but so then in 2000 and you know in 1999 i'd ran a few state south carolina state races and before now we got a big race every week somewhere mm-hmm. or they race every few weeks before you race your local race and then once a month there'd be a north carolina state race or a south carolina state race and like all the people in that state or close by would come run it'd be a pretty big race so i got to run a couple of state races in south carolina maybe in 95 96 but in 99 a guy named bill bowyer he built his own cart called the predator cart and this driver had just got married and couldn't go to all the races and speaks to have a family so so he said, I need a driver that can travel. So I was like, all right. So I was like, yeah, I'll come drive it. And I ain't never been to a national before. Mm-hmm. They had one in the land, but I wasn't able to go because it cost too much. And I didn't have stuff to go up there and run with those guys because I had pretty much backyard cart trying to run. And then uh, so we go to Tyro. It was, it was uh, 1999 Tyro North Carolina State Race. And then the national was the very next week. So when we get up there, I asked him, I said, I said, Todd Miller be here. Ron Moon be here. This people <laughs> have, have Facebook. I didn't mm-hmm. know what like didn't hardly ever. Didn't. I seen him in magazines, like their go-karts from like WK national at Charlotte dirt track or something. Mm-hmm. So kind of seen pictures of the carts. And then I said, which one's Todd Miller? He said, I don't see him. I said, what about Ron Moon? He said, there he is right there, man. I, <laughs> I just wasn't going to see Deller. I, mean, I was like, <laughs> I've heard of my whole life, and then I get to see him. It was pretty cool. And then the very, and then I think it rained that weekend out, so we went back the next week for the nationals. I think we got to qualify and, or something. So we were pretty quick. We were like top ten, and back then in the nationals, it was, you know, it didn't pay nothing to win. Man, it didn't cost a lot. To, I think it was like fifty five bucks to enter, but you won a plaque or eagle, and. So I think I qualified ninth, and then the next week I said, like, "Let's run limited super stock." I mean, let's run all the classes. <laughs> we Sign me up for every one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the next week we go back, and then uh, I see Todd Miller there. Then I think I seen him in the restaurant when we left there from the first night. I think we park on Friday and race Saturday and Sunday. But I seen Ron Moon there. Then he said, "There's Ron Moon right there." And then. Uh, I think I qualified 15th and Braun was 16th and I came to fourth or fifth and one of the stock classes. And when I passed the guy, the guy tried to chop back down in behind me and Brian Moon was there and he didn't let off. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had it out for him at that time. They black flagging about every other race and he really didn't. I mean, he, he was an angel compared to the way people drive these days. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was cool. I was like, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> so that made my confidence level go from like two to a hundred right there. I was like, I'm, I'm good as anybody, but it's cool. You're saying that story because I have a similar one with you at Gulfport. We started 10th and 11th for that Unilly race and you ended up winning and I got second. So like, yeah, yeah that was pretty cool. That was, that's still one of my favorite races. Cause I've pretty much followed you through the field. Heck yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That was good. Yeah. Good week right there. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah, I had that kind of the same one. That year you came down to Batesville. I think you, I want to say it was like 2013 or 2012. You came that for that one year and I was I, I ended up, you know, being on the podium with you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Jamie Knopf. And and it's funny you say that, but 
do you ever kind of think about like there's people that go to the racetrack and like oh jamie's here like that's so cool like it like you're kind of now that kind of guy when when you were looking up to todd and ron like there's people looking up to you you ever think yeah. about that yeah sometimes it is pretty cool i mean when you go to the race you really you know i kind of stay to myself i stay in my pits normally most of the time after i go sign up or whatever i don't you know travel around much because you got a lot of work to do so but but it is pretty cool to hear people say that i hear them sometimes <laughs> yeah yeah sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure little kids will pass by that's jamie cannot yeah <laughs> i know race and stuff that happens pretty often i remember i think 2018 or 19 we went out west and raced a few times and one guy told me uh he said if i never see you again it'd be too soon <laughs> and then <laughs> And he said, I thought I told Jake to see you again. He didn't want me coming out there racing. It was funny. That's come on, man. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to, uh, you know, I kind of brought up baseball for a second, though. Was that one of them things that where you just wanted to check it off the list? What's that? Just, going okay. to Batesville, getting a slot machine. Is that something you just wanted to check off the list that, for that? Uh, actually, no. But uh, Yarborough might could have told the story better. So he was racing for me at that time. And he was 14 years old and junior three didn't pay anything. They wouldn't be about eight or nine carts and junior three at that point. Mm -hmm. And then go to the dream race. I think it paid 200 to win and junior two. So I was like, well, just move up and run, you know, run the uh, adult class. So it's all right, we'll do that. So I was real fast that day. I think I had like three poles and he had like qualified like second and three of them. And it was a beach nut. Mm -hmm. uh so i think we won i won a couple and he was second and a couple of them and then the dream race happened the sun done went down so people what we we didn't quite have the advantage on them we did earlier in the day when it was real dry so it bunched everybody up and then they kept shuffling us around and we had worked together pushing each other and got way out front so so he was in front of me so i was trying to push him and then the pack just caught me and just drove by me and then he uh then he was a sitting duck and he got passed so we kept getting shuffled out and then at the end of the race i think uh he made a move to pass for sackett and armstrong won and actually something was wrong with the motor um i think they had to bring somebody you take the piston out and put mm -hmm. in the block upside down and something happened and theirs didn't pass and so austin wound up winning that race basically not saying by default but he finished second and then he won right place it. right time you know yeah and then so troy duncan was the um uh score for that race that's that's tri-state yeah yeah oh yeah. what the track oh. stream Stri so okay story or he might not even scored that race so then we went to the big o about a couple weeks later and then uh so we didn't have an open motor. I said, well, we'll just run. We'll run, I think it was Flathead one day and then Animal one day and Limited and then the open. I said, we'll run, we'll run the Limited, try to win that class. We'll run the clone or it was Animal then, not clone. I said, and then we'll run the Animal. And so and then we'll sign up for the Big O and just run the 325 way. Mm -hmm. So we qualify like 14th, 15th in the limited then come around for the qualifying for the big o we sag it in third because we got 50 pounds lighter weight and mm -hmm. ain't got <laughs> and it's just you know stupid fast 
So in the race, he's second and I'm third. We get by the leader. And then so we first and second. And then um, so the limited ain't quite got the power on the straightaway. So about five to go, I get run over going into three because they couldn't pass me because I'd leave them so bad in the corner. And then so I got wrecked. And then Yarborough had a big old lead. And they, you know, there wasn't no catching in. I wrecked and still finished feet. (laughs) 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 And he drove three he tko'd me himself and whoever was behind us i think and then uh so when yabra won that race then troy was scoring that race i know and then that was maybe august 15th august 12th i think uh mr otis's birthday was august the 9th and they always try to have that race about that same date mm-hmm. so by 12th this week because it's real close to it and uh so Tri-State had a race September the second at uh, Paradise, and it was going to pay ten thousand to win Junior Three class. Well, uh, Austin had ran Junior Three all year, but two weekends. Yeah, and Roy says, "Well, you can't run. <laughs> you too good." He said, "You too good to run this class because <laughs> they backed it down to uh, from Junior Three to the Junior Two motor, but the Junior Three age role yeah so they wouldn't let him race so it was like well we're just not gonna come then and then then they changed their mind to let him race well i didn't come i didn't go i went to the atlanta nascar race that weekend because <laughs> i didn't they didn't uh made us mad and he told mr ed edens called troy said why why can't you let a man that's running junior three points run your money race in junior three he's always oh, too good he's too, too good, good. <laughs> too good <laughs> We kick half the junior threes yeah. out in that run right now. They were too yeah. good. <laughs> week before or two weeks before, and then he won the uh, dream race. And I mean, it all was kind of not really luck, but I mean, it all had to work out. You know, yeah. if Armstrong don't get throw out, he finished the second. And then if the limited motor runs like it did against the other limiteds, we finished about 15th that day. <laughs> so, it was just the open motor weight, the, the carts weighed more, and then they'd have to lift in the corners, and we didn't, and, and, and it was just so much faster that way. So it was just and one it, of them decisions, you're not going to Thanksgiving Thunder. Right. So yeah. I was like, thanks for then. I ain't going to Thanksgiving. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then we, and then I had a real good – I think I won like five out of seven. I was real fast. I remember I was running like fourth or fifth, and you and Wesley battled it out pretty hard for a couple of those animal races. I remember that. Yeah. 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 Actually, Mike uh, Halliburton, he helped me in that race and didn't know it. I was running about fifth and he was in front of me and I was letting off the corner, driving in. He saw his blowing brake rotor? Yeah. And then I could smell his brakes. So I said, (laughs) oh, that's what I'm doing wrong. (laughs) Dragging brakes hard as I could. And then I passed, he passed up to about second. And I think I passed him for second. And Scott Heath was straight away ahead and I run him down past him. I was like, man, (laughs) forever <laughs> but, but up until about halfway of that first race I, I wasn't really that even really that good and then i could smell his brakes or it's glowing i think it was yeah shout out to mike <laughs> yeah but so, now y'all bro can't run super heavy because he's too good for that too so. <laughs> they stripped him from his underwear the other uh, the couple races yeah. ago he's still fast so he changes he he's helping change the rules in racing a lot <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Absolutely. So let's say, you know, we, you know, we run into you five, 10 years down the road. 
you know, what, what are you, what are your future goals and aspirations and where, where could we see you in the karting scene in five to 10 years? Hopefully crew chief and first some kid coming up wanting to be successful and think of me to be able to help them. Yeah. I mean, you've been doing it for a long time and, we hate to think about it but there comes a point where it it, it, it's you know time to hang the helmet up has that came across your mind uh when i was 35 i said if i do i could do it 10 more years well that was i'm 46 now so (laughs) so maybe i can do it a few more years and still have fun with it and i actually took about the last two months off we remodeled my house some and the friend (laughs) helps me he could only work on the weekends, so because he has a regular job, not mm-hmm. a job, so so he helped me on the weekends to hurry up and get finished up. So I'm looking forward to getting back going. Now y'all are going to be coming back out for the big O. Uh, no, I won't make that one. I didn't get a motor deal planned out and stuff like that. So, so I'll be at the, in a couple weeks. What's that? I'll be at the dream race in a couple of weeks, end of the month, I think. I got you. So <laughs> we um we we kind of do this little rapid fire thing. It's just five questions. You know, it's a either or you pick them as soon as you just whatever first comes to mind. Um just pick. So it's uh we're gonna start off with uh steak or fish. Uh I like both. Steak yeah. no, yeah. Okay, and uh clones or animals? Clones. And then high sides or swoops? I like the high sides. High sides. And then baseball or basketball? Uh, neither. I like football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and then NASCAR or the World of Outlaws? NASCAR. NASCAR, yeah. Yeah, we kind of thought so <laughs> on that last one. Well, on the Outlaws, you know, they mostly race. Well, I guess they race during the week a lot. But on Saturdays, and you know, they're not televised as much. And then – on Sundays when I get home from the race from leaving the house at five or six in the morning and then getting home by that time the next morning because it takes all day, I usually just lay around and watch TV and watch the race and sleep through half of it on Sundays. And like I said, my dad worked with Davey Allison, you know, when he raced back. That's great. That's so cool. Late so I've always kind of enjoyed watching it. Even though, even though they got some work to do on these cars, they've been testing at Richmond. You know, we're looking, hopefully, getting a better product here soon. Yeah, they just need more horsepower. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, Brian Bickers. You could probably go find his interview in 2006 when they were building the COT car. He was one of the ones that helped NASCAR. I think they had tests two or three days right when that car was coming out, right after the race. And he said they put restrictor plates on them and they couldn't even pass. So he hoped they never did that. And then here we are 15 years later and they still running restrictor. With the spacer, yeah. With a 3,400-pound car. Yeah. yeah, heavier car, less horsepower. Makes yeah. sense, right? Wider so, tire, too. Air, Don't forget the wider tire. Air's more important than the horsepower of the car now. Or before. Yeah, you can go buy a Roush Mustang off the showroom floor and run a faster lap time at some of these tracks than a cup car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So there's two questions we pretty much ask all our guests. And uh, the first one being something you like about our sport. I just like the people. I mean, <clears throat> just say ever how many people I know in my life, most of them came from the go-kart track. You know, when I was in school, I didn't have many friends. When 
you know, I come home, I have my cousin, me and him played and he raced, he, he raced earlier in the year or early in, uh, our racing years with me. But, um, but yeah, just the people, I mean, if you just think about who do you know in your life, like mm-hmm. 99% of them's from the racetrack. I mean, right. some of my best friends and most people I look up the most and stuff like that. Yeah. I shoot. I, I can attest to that, man. I married my wife and I met her at the racetrack, you know, I, and my wife. Yeah. Uh, it's it's cool the relationships because you you think about it, you don't you don't usually think about it but the people you talk to almost every day or have a real tight close relationship it doesn't matter if they live fifty five mile five miles fifty miles or five hundred miles like you still have the relationship and every time you see them at the racetrack it's like you never never skip the beat yeah so then it is the opposite of that question that we always ask what is something you, you've seen so much change in our sport um dynamic wise what is something that you'd like to change that we have now uh <clears throat> that's a hard question <laughs> i mean there's some people think it's bad some people think it's great and if you look at it it really ain't that bad it's just some people think it is and some people don't <laughs> It's just, I don't know. It's hard. That's really a trick question. <laughs> it's, it's all right, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, it, it could all cost a little less, yeah. like parking, gate fee, entry fees. You know, we, I think we're the only sport that we have to pay our own gate fee, pay for our own parking sponsor the race and pay your own entry fee and, and race for our own purse i mean yeah. that's and it's yeah. just it's just a circle oh sorry it's just a circle and it keeps going every weekend it just keeps happening it keeps happening and, and yeah. you know we kind of talked we talked about it before if we could get like outside sponsors to come in to help relieve some of that you know responsibility on our part i think it could help a lot yeah definitely yeah like O'Reilly's would sponsor the race this weekend, and why would you even have to charge an entry fee for it? So, right, yeah, pro heavy this weekend. Whoever it is, whatever that money went to, I mean, why do we still have to pay the purse if they sponsored that class just to get a good parking spot? That's basically what you, yeah, you, uh, you sponsoring it for. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's kind of a weird dynamic. I, I I really like what Kenny's got going on at the Max May, and I I like how that's set up. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, I think he's got something good, but I do agree that we can get outside sponsors, but it just we need some more structure, kind of, in it. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, like race promoters need to go around to different places in town and get sponsors instead of calling the people that's coming on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same, same ten, same ten race teams that are sponsoring the race every single weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's about the only bad thing I think right there. Because, like I said, when we I went to that national in 1999, there was 850 entries, and I think this was the fourth race of that year, and there was only 18 classes, right? 850 entries, and it cost 55 bucks to enter the race. But like I said, you only got a you only got an eagle. So when you left to go to that race, you knew. It was going to cost you whatever it took to get there, 15 bucks to get in the gate or 20. It wasn't that, it wasn't the 25 and 35 that they got now. And, and, but when you left, you knew you wasn't going to win any money. And see, yeah. now 
want to go race you want to win that ten thousand right <laughs> but, i think in ten thousand to try to win ten thousand and i think the the dynamic has shifted like and those in that time, it was more of the prestigious of winning those kind of races because, there, like you said, there was almost 900 entries, 18 classes. So, I mean, you in some classes, you'd have 120 a class and it was just the prestige of winning that kind of race. And now it's not as many go karts. I mean, you might have 10 or 15 that don't make the race because 45 signed up. And it's more about the prestige of winning the money just because everything kind of costs a little bit more, too. Yeah. And and one race I wanted to ask about, they they don't do it much anymore. Um, but in two thousand three the 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 three hundred lapper at Charlotte, um I thought that was really cool. What was what how 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 do you stay in the go kart for three hundred laps? Uh I I didn't stay in there the whole time. I ran it in two thousand three. I think it was, yeah, two thousand three. And I had a relief driver. I ran Oh you did okay. Yeah, I ran 85 laps and ran out of fuel. When I pitted, I was determined if I was going to ride again because my spare driver was standing on the wall with a helmet on. He said, if you run across the wall, I'll jump over. So so I was like, oh, I can handle it one more time. So I got back out there, and then I was like, man, hurry up, run out of gas. I'm ready to get off of this thing because I was bored. <laughs> I, I didn't do push-ups or anything. So I guess working out for that race would probably be the best better thing and then uh so when he got out there and ran he had just had uh some kind of uh i think he had hernia surgery brad sellers was actually the guy that relief drove for me and me and him weighed about the same amount wasn't much difference and then he ran so many laps and then come in and then i could finish it and then when i went back out there i knew how to cart drove and i was rested back up so i i didn't really fight the cart as i did the race and i ran a lot better the last few laps or last segment i just thought that was a really cool race that it doesn't have anymore but it's just a really cool little thing racing on the infield of you know such a historical racetrack yeah i think two years ago they ran a hundred lap race yeah daniel daniel ended up winning it well they had two of them i won the first oh okay okay yeah that's cool that's really cool but it was a vega race huh back then back then it was uh it was Fire. Dunlo- Firestone. Yeah, I got yeah. you. So, go ahead, Ethan. You know, this is a new question that we want. You know, we we started um, this week, but what's the biggest lesson that our sport has taught you? Uh, I don't really know. <laughs> You're good. What's some other people's answers? <laughs> some no, you're the first person we asked. That. Yeah, you're the first one. I go back to that. Don't never give up. Like when you go to the race, I always when like when my after my granddad died, then that's something me and him did was go to the race, and then after he passed away, you know, I was like lost because my best friend who I looked up to. I mean, I was, I can't even remember how old at the time, 27 years old, 25. I, I didn't even know if I could afford to buy a car because I needed him to tell me if I could. <laughs> <laughs> so then without having him in my life, um, going to the race was like my escape from whatever, you know, I was dealing with personally and, you know, just being at the track racing. It was like best thing, best like therapy. 
Yeah. 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 I went, I went deer hunting like the winter after I started racing go-karts and I shot a deer and then I went two or three more times after that and didn't see anything. And I, man, I could be at the racetrack. I might not win, but I at least get to ride. I can't even shoot the gun if I don't see a deer. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just freezing my ass off in this stand right here, and I ain't seen nothing. Yeah, I seen some squirrels. I said, I'm going to shoot squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little too slow pace for us racers. I just love, I just like I said, when I was a kid, when you showed that other picture of me, um, you see, when I rode, was riding that go-kart, I thought I was Dale Earnhardt. You know, I that's all I wanted to do was race go-karts. And when and when my dad was working on the Haviland race team, Joey Knuckles was the crew chief. And we, I think we was at Rockingham in 1988 or something. No, it was 87. But he had a black eye. And I asked him how to get a black eye. He said he flipped the go-kart. And I said, I've been trying to tell my dad to buy me one. And he was trying to get my dad to buy me one, too. But I'm not <laughs> if he really got black eye from flipping the go-kart. I don't I don't know. He might have gotten a fight or something. He just wanted yeah. to. Yeah. I didn't ask my dad that since I've grown up. Best deal really what happened. <laughs> he probably don't remember. But. That's good. Well, man, uh, what, what's some big races you got coming up this year for you? I'm going to hit the dream race and end of the month. And I really, really don't have no set plans right now. Just whatever pops up and feel like going to that week. I got a guy going to start running with me some, and he's just starting back. He's raced a few years ago, and so he needs to run a couple of, like, lower races instead of taking them to the biggest one. And <laughs> Feed them to the wolves. <laughs> yeah. You don't have any plans for Thanksgiving? Uh, no, I think I'm going to spend Thanksgiving at home. Yeah. Gotcha. 23 years I've been somewhere racing three days, and after – Last year it was cold and we were there for two days and halfway through that second day I said two days racing's about too much for me. <laughs> I said I missed them one day shows and so I'm gonna stay home this year. Yeah. Unless one day race or something or I, I think one, one day race last year and it got rained out and pushed back a week. So if they did something like that, I might would go there, but when 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 you're when you're younger and stuff, you could race seven days a week. You get a lot older and you get a little smarter, and you're like, "Oh, we could just go to the one day shows." And it, your body hurts and everything like that. It just makes it a little easier to make those decisions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's I mean it's fun to go race, but when you're there from when you get to the track at nine after you done left home at six or something like that, and then midnight and you still got races going on, and you're just ready to go home. I mean, you don't really care about the race no more. <laughs> When you get my, and that's something we kind of talked about on here before with previous guests. Um, you know, kind of like shorten up our days. It's it's hard to go to the racetrack and be there for you know over 13, 14 hours a day. It it, it wears on you, and especially at the caliper that y'all do in your area. Uh, you know, would you like to see it shortened up a little bit? Just yes, for sure. Because yeah, classes maybe. Yeah. And especially with this heat, I mean, you know, kind of Austin t- touched on it. You know, you just said taking a break is just a little too hot, and, and, and it is. I mean, I don't think there's a place in the country that it's not, you know, with the heat index almost 100 degrees, and it's over 100 degrees down here. And I know it gets hot everywhere else, but um, especially that it wears on you. Yeah, and then you know, pop up showers happen, and then if you got to be there from 
six in the morning to midnight or later and then you get home three or four in the morning well if it comes a rain shower for 30 minutes and they have two hour delay then that's five o'clock in the morning you're still racing some places sometimes so i mean I, I i applaud the effort of getting the race in but when you got that many classes if you got any kind of delay it's almost impossible to restart or you know get done at a decent time for sure yeah so we're gonna uh i guess we'll, we'll wrap it up on this question man uh do you have any people you'd like to thank yeah i'd like to thank uh pink magic tire prep and <laughs> next wave next wave racing engines ricky balls he, he's my engine guy and Hermie sadler with premier carts and if you need a if you want to buy one of my carts or a new one you can give me a call i'm a dealer for premier so and then nitro from Nitro Gears and Whole Shot Clutches and best friend Jeremy Morris. Yeah. Okay. Oh, all those people helping me, especially Jeremy. He he comes, helps me get the cart ready, unloads it, loads it up, works late if we need to. Uh, we've traveled right across the country <laughs> drinking Red Bull and nausea <laughs> drink <laughs> all over. So, so we've had some good times. Yeah, awesome. definitely. I've I'd, and you know ever since you know I'd, I've known who you are like posting on any kind of thing I've always seen he's been there with you like your right hand man you know he's 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 been right there the whole time. Yeah, he's been. Uh, I think he started helping me. I mean, he raced himself. That's how I actually met him. And then he raced locally here and there. And then uh, then he kind of quit racing for a little while. And then then he moved he moved to the beach. And then when he moved back, he started coming. Helped me at the shop some and went to the race. And I think that's been about six, seven years ago. He's still been hanging in there with me ever since. So, yeah, you got to have somebody help you that way. I tell them, go change the weight or add two teeth to it or take two off, you know. Then when I'm prepping tires, I got to know that, you know, he's got that done for me. So, help out a lot. Most definitely. Definitely. But, um, we, we, we really thank you for coming on, Jamie, and uh, coming, coming, cut some time out of your night and come and sit and talk with us, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, and I hope to see you at a track someday soon. We don't go yeah. that we don't go on that side of the country too much, but maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, I came to Talladega race uh, a couple yeah. months ago. I was Actually, there. Yeah, yeah, it was good, good, good show. It was hot, man. It was, it was hot, tricky, yeah. tricky. The track changed so much there in that day. Yeah, I, that was the first time I ever uh, practiced and then qualified. The track was two seconds slower and we didn't <laughs> wet the track or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's crazy. But, uh, but man, Jamie, like I said, thanks again, and uh, we really appreciate it. All right. Hey, man. Have a good night, man. Have a good yeah, night. Hey, thank you.
Well, guys, what a great interview. Uh, we can't thank Jamie for coming on, cracking some time out with us on this Wednesday night. We really hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we sure did. So, What a legend. What a legend in our sport, man. And it's, yeah, uh, but I would say that if we made a Mount Rushmore, he would probably probably be on there. It's, it's really cool that, you know, he had those moments of, uh, you know, he kind of talked about those moments of seeing, you know, Todd Miller and Ron Moon, the big names when he was, you know, trying to make it. And, and, and he's and, our big name, you know, and you know, now he's, you know, that big name to people, you know, even us, you know, you know, it's, he's just, you know, one of those, one of those, one of those staples in the sport that, you know, he's, he's one of the only people that have been doing it since he started to now. I mean, a lot of the people he grew up racing with are either out of go-kart racing or, or more of a, a crew chief kind of deal and and he's Not still better. wheeling it and, and and up front with it so it, it's really cool to see him do it as long as he has uh, but it, absolutely man like he's such a humble guy talking about how he came up and you know they really you know the way he started racing and all that kind of stuff and just look where he is at now and kind of what he was saying about never give up you just got to keep that that consistency going and be persistent what you do yeah most definitely yeah. Go ahead, I was just going to say, I hope y'all enjoyed that picture we used. It is probably the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and you know, definitely something we'll we'll take into the podcast. You know, we're not going to give up. We're, we're definitely going to keep pushing. we got a lot more guests to go. And and uh, the list is long, and we're really excited to, to keep bringing them to y'all. And, and, uh, and yeah, so we, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it, and we will see you guys next week.